coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. The, the, the pathway and that they have a clear understanding of the pathway. Sometimes I meet with entrepreneurs that have a, a really good idea and maybe good technology, but they, you know, when, when you say like, okay, what's the application? It's like, well, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this. And, and that's true, but you've got to have a, a, a plan to get from point A to point B, right? You can't just kind of do this kind of all things to all people. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Next up on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Travis Hawks, who's the managing partner of Capital 11. Capital 11 is a private equity group. So a private equity group basically means there's a number of investors that come together and pool their funds, and then they invest in various different types of assets. So Capital 11's main focus is emerging software companies. They actually are interested in retail, which is is sort of interesting today in today's market. They he talks a little bit about why they invest in in retail and what types of retail opportunities they're interested in looking at. And they also get involved in real estate and, uh, development. They primarily focus in the Boise, Idaho markets, but they, they talk about different opportunities. And of course, we get into some of the ins and outs of working with private equity groups and how to interact with, with these types of groups. So if you are looking for capital, if you are looking for investment, investment for your software company or your real estate investment, this episode is one that you're not going to want to miss. You're going to uh, learn quite a bit about how this equity firm looks at different opportunities and how you can use that information to be able to make yourself stand out as much as possible when you are also trying to compete for uh, getting that capital for the various funds that you may be trying to uh, put together. So with that, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Travis Hawks. I'm the youngest of four in my family and, and actually seven years younger than my next closest sibling. So, you know, when I was little, uh, I still had siblings in the home, but for a lot of my life, I was the only one at home. And, you know, definitely tried to have dinner as a family, you know, together every night. My, my dad was in the used car business. And so he, you know, was, was a hard worker. You know, I grew up thinking you worked kind of early to late Monday through Saturday, because that's what my dad did. But otherwise, I think it was probably traditional for that time. We tried to kind of all sit down together and kind of talk about the, the day's events. And I was definitely always interested in kind of hearing about my dad's business. He was self-employed and mm-hmm. kind of saw firsthand, even as a kid, kind of the ups and downs of being a small business owner and, and the, the good things and the, the challenges around that. So that's a lot of what I have memories of from that time. Yeah. So, so you grew up very, very 
young being around an entrepreneurial mindset and that were you did you grow up starting any of your own little businesses you know selling candy or anything like that on the side yeah definitely not i candy would would probably have been better (laughs) yeah i mean i was always kind of entrepreneurial and looking for different things i i think the statute of limitations has passed so i can say that when i was (laughs) When I was in high school, I actually was essentially like a, a bookie. Like I was, okay. taking, I was, I was like taking bets from my friends on, <laughs> on sports games. And uh, so I did that when I was in high school. But, and then also, you know, growing up at that time was really the heyday of, of baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was kind of like the stock market for a kid, you know, and did a lot of collecting and buying and selling and, and just kind of that thrill of, you know, you buy a pack of cards for a dollar and you find a $25 card in there. That was, you know, at one time was, was kind of my plan for, for being super wealthy one day was all these baseball cards. I, I, I did the exact same thing. I had Beckett's, you know, stacked up all over the place and yeah, those are, those are great times. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So, so you, you, you went to college Talk a little bit about what you what you did in college, what you're studying in college, and that. Yeah, absolutely. So I I graduated from Boise State from the business school and got a business degree. And I think that, you know, my college experience was, you know, the best thing for me, which was I was working full time through college. I kind of didn't really have the, the patience, I think, to you know, kind of sit on the entrepreneurial sidelines for a few years and and study, you know, just study in school. So. I, I kind of did both. And when I look back on it, I mean, they, you know, I, I feel like they were equally valuable, you know, kind of the things that I, I learned in college, as well as just the things I learned, you know, kind of in the workplace and out kind of starting to try and do my own thing. So I worked full time from start to finish, but I did a, did a business degree. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I used to kind of feel like I wanted to get an MBA at some point, And then I just, I got too deeply involved in, in, in work and, and starting things and, and doing things and, and just felt like that was, I was getting the, the street smarts MBA, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Which in my opinion is probably better than, you know, sitting, sitting behind a desk. So I agree. No, that's, that's fantastic. So, so talk a little bit about some of the first, your first companies that you started. What, what were you doing? What was the inspiration yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned my my dad was in the used car business, and that's what he did from the time he was a kid, you know, through his whole life. But when I was about 12 years old, he was kind of looking for something something different, and he he uh, he bought a franchise for a licensed sports store. So it's called Pro Image Sports, and sell you know NBA, NFL jerseys, T-shirts, hats, things like that. And so he thought this would be kind of a good side investment uh, business. So he bought a, a single franchise. And, and the great thing about that, you know, he opened the store here in Boise. And so I grew up, you know, working in that store when I was 12 oh, years cool. old. In fact, I, I worked shifts by myself. And it was funny because people would come in and they'd kind of look around to try and figure <laughs> out who was working. And I'd say, can I help you with something? And, and this was before, you know, computers with, with the, you know, I was, figuring out the change in, in my head and counting mm-hmm. out change and stuff. And so that was a great experience. And then also started to learn different aspects of the business. When I was in high school, I was doing the payroll, you know, for the business. And so I got a lot of good experience that way. And then while I was going to college, I, I was 
you know, working in, in that same business and really liked all the different components. You know, it's, it's the great thing about a small business is you are the HR guy, you are the accounts payable guy, you're, you know, you're all of these things. And so I really liked that. And so my dad had never wanted to go beyond one store because he was busy uh, with the car business. But I went to him and, and said, you know, let's expand this. I think there's some opportunity and, and I can do it. And so that was really the first thing that I set out and did kind of in my early 20s as I was going to school. And I had saved some money. My dad made me kind of put all the money I had saved into it. And then also, you know, we worked out kind of a sweat equity plan. And, and then over time, you know, I, I bought more of the business and we expanded to, you know, multiple locations and into a couple states. And, and that was, you know, a, a great learning experience because again, just those ups and downs of being a small business owner. And, you know, there are times when it was great. And there were times when you kind of laid in bed at night, worried about where you're going to be able to make payroll and pay vendors and, and that type of thing. And, as you know, as, as a, as a business owner, you get paid last and sometimes mm -hmm. that works out well. And sometimes it doesn't work out at all. Exactly. And, and so that was, that was great. So then, in you know, in later years, as I got involved in a bunch of other different things, that experience really provided me a great kind of baseline of, of understanding of, you know, what it's like to just kind of start, start mm -hmm. things from the ground up. Yeah. You're, you're in an interesting situation. I, I haven't talked to very many people that that do what you do today that have you know grown up you know with with that much experience so that's that's fantastic so so you mentioned before that you that you have been involved in a number of different types of companies and and I've, I've seen your LinkedIn profile some of the different things that you've done what were some of the standout companies or standout things that you would say you sort of took your took your business experience to another level yeah, so so not a uh, not a traditional pathway, I think, because you know I was doing the the retail stores and and we built those up and we're having success. And then uh, I I always had been really interested in politics, really kind of observing politics, even as a kid. I mean, I used to watch the presidential debates and and just was really interested in the, the kind of the strategy and sport of it. And so I started kind of getting involved in, you know, politics on kind of the fundraising side. Mm. And what, what I, I didn't know when, when I got into that is it, it really opened up a big network of people. And so I started kind of through, through those experiences, you know, started being in the room with, with people that I would never be able to go get a meeting with or get on the phone with, but suddenly I'm in the same room and we're kind of on the, the same team as it relates to like a presidential candidate. And so they kind of just accepted me as a peer. And it was, it was a great learning experience in the sense that, you know, no one asked me what, what college I went to, you know, if mm -hmm. I, if I went from Har to Harvard or something, no one asked to see a copy of my bank statement they just kind of accepted me as a peer because I was kind of in the same room with them. Mm -hmm. And that was a pretty key moment because it kind of made me raise kind of the vision of, of what was possible to go out and build or create or partner or, or whatever it is. Because, you know, up until that time, <clears throat> I kind of felt like, 
oh, maybe, maybe it's all kind of rigged. And if you don't, you know, if you didn't grow up in, in New York and mm -hmm. go to Harvard and have these, you know, key relationships with people on Wall Street that you couldn't, you know, go get involved in venture capital or private equity or these types of things. And uh, it was a great learning experience to realize how critical just relationships are and building relationships and, and people like to do business with people they have relationships with. And you can build those relationships a lot of different ways. So that, that was a pretty key thing that kind of expanded my vision and horizons. And, and then from there, it just seemed like there was a lot of possibilities and opportunities. Mm -hmm. so, so would you say that that's sort of the, the platform that you used or the, the, the foundation that you used to establish a lot of the relationships which have led you, you know, into this? Yeah, it, def it definitely was at that time because, you know, when you, when you get into, you know, kind of state presidential political fundraising, a, a lot of those people are, you know, they're high net worth, mm -hmm. successful individuals. And because they have the network to then go, you know, fundraise and they want those political relationships mm -hmm. for, for business purposes or whatever else. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of different paths to, you know, kind of network and get in with people, but that's, that's kind of what worked for me. And then, once I started to have some of those relationships, that just, it was like a domino effect because that just led to other relationships. And, and one thing I've always focused on is building relationships, even, even not knowing if, if anything would come from it other than just the relationship. You know, if, if nothing else, there's going to be learning, there's going to be experience. I mean, I love just kind of learning from other people and, and, and what they have been through and accomplished and seen. And, and people a lot of times like to share that, that type of thing. But, but I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, I don't really see a end game for that relationship. So I'm not going to spend time on it. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big thing for me is always building relationships. E even if there's no, no real reason to, to do it. And then a lot of times those, those yield mutually beneficial fruit five or 10 years later. And that's mm -hmm. been kind of a cool thing to see too. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, you, you have this, this base now, all of these different connections, uh, and obviously you have an interest in entrepreneurialism and business. You, you melded the two together and, you know, started uh, doing uh, accelerators or seed fund type, type um, uh, funding what was the, I guess, what was the inspiration for that? Did you have any types of companies maybe that you were working with at the time that we were looking for investment or was there a reason for it or was it just because you were interested in getting involved in VC funding? Yeah. So I think that it was a little bit of both. I mean, I did have, you know, a couple people that I knew that were kind of building, trying to build startups and, the, the funding infrastructure in Boise at that time, I mean, it was just really difficult for them to go out and raise money. And I kind of realized that there was a lot of good ideas and there was good, good uh, people that could go out and execute them, but the funding was a problem. And if they did get the funding, a lot of times it required them to move out of Boise. And, you know, as a longtime Boise guy that that cares about the Boise, you know, economy and infrastructure. I didn't like that. Okay. When we really do have some of these good ideas, they're moving to Silicon Valley or they're moving to Seattle or, or wherever. So that, that was definitely, you know, part of what spurred it. And then, you know, I just, I love 
obviously I love entrepreneurship. I love starting things myself, but, but I also just love being around other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And when I can sit down with someone across the table and see that passion and excitement and that they're willing to, to bleed in the streets for their idea, mm -hmm. you know, that's inspiring to me. And, and if I can be helpful to them, that's, that's awesome. If I can, you know, help them along the way. And then, uh, you know, some of these are really cool ideas that, that, you know, I believe in and, and feel like can be, get great returns, but it's really like how we look at things is we always talk about, we invest in, we invest in people. Mm -hmm. And it's to me always about the people, the entrepreneur. And do I, do I believe in that person? And if I do, then that's, that's a big part of it, even more so than, than the idea or the project. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, I completely agree. I mean, it's all about the team and, and bringing it all together. So no, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about if someone is looking for VC funding, what are some of the things that they can do? And it, it sounds like you pretty well invest in early stage type startups. So at an early stage, what are some of the things that they can do to stand out you know, from the rest of the crowd or, or really you know, create a, a great presentation. Obviously, you said that the, the people involved, that's a huge portion of this. But, you know, what else can they do to, to you know, stand out? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I, again, I think that the, the passion of the entrepreneur is really critical in my mind. And I, I think, you know, conveying the, the belief that, you know, this isn't something you're just trying for now and hopefully can attract some money. And if you don't, you're, you'll dive into something else, you know, mm -hmm. the, the next week that this is something that you heart and soul believe. A big thing I look at is, you know, what kind of sac personal sacrifice are they willing to make to believe in this idea and always get scared off by someone that's got a, a brand new company and is trying to, to model it out to, to pay themselves, you know, 10 or $15,000 a month to, to run it. And that's, that's not how you bootstrap it. Right. Yeah. And then I think, I, I think what's really critical is the, 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 the pathway and that they have a clear understanding of the pathway. Sometimes I meet with entrepreneurs that have a, a really good idea and maybe good technology, but they, you know, when, when you say like, okay, what's the application? It's like, well, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this. And, and that's true, but you've got to have a, a, a plan to get from point A to point B, right? You can't just kind of do this kind of all things to all people. And, and see what sticks because it's, I think it's really hard to be successful if you're doing that. So, so I think those are some of the key things. And then, you know, it's, it's hard. It can be really hard to go out and raise money. And I think the other thing when, when I'm looking at these early stage companies is if th there's gotta be a pathway for success that doesn't just involve the, the CEO or the entrepreneur just, spending all their time raising money, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we've, we've got to, you know, it's got to be a, an, a, an amount of money that is realistic to go raise and then is going to be able to yield something that will make the next round of money come in. And I mm -hmm. see sometimes entrepreneurs that are, they're kind of in this perpetual seed rounds that can go on for four or five years because they're just raising money just to get them, you know, yeah. another three months down the tracks. And it's tough. I think it's tough to ever kind of get out of that cycle and ever attract that larger capital because, you know, 
they, they start to look at, well, you've been at this four years and you're still at this point. There must be something wrong with that. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. So yeah, I yeah. think that's a key thing too is like, hey, can we, can we get the amount of money you need now to then go accomplish something, whether it's, you know, ARR or whatever it is to then attract that next round, next round of funding. I had a, a VC tell me once that, you know, whenever they write a check, they, they make sure in their mind they know who's writing the next check. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the critical part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess sort of the, the harsh reality to entrepreneurialism is knowing when to give up to, you know, when to abandon an idea or pivot or whatever you want to call it. Do you have any advice on what people, what you've seen people go through and, and any advice on, you know, Hey, you know, maybe we should, stop positioning this in this way and maybe move over here. Any, any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I think, I think the advice I would have is you can't be afraid of failure. And I see that sometimes where it's like people want to hang on so badly to an idea or a business because they don't, they don't want to admit whether it's to themselves or to other people that it failed, that it wasn't either the right idea or the right time or, or it can fail for lots of reasons. And, and failure, failure is okay. I mean, I, I, I've been involved in a lot of successful companies, but I've also been involved in companies that failed mm -hmm. and it is a hard balance because you do want to put everything into it and you want to, you know, you don't want to quit, but sometimes it reaches a point where you just say, you know, there's not a viable pathway forward and my time, energy, talents, money, is better spent somewhere else, you know, where we can, we can accomplish something different. And I think that that's, that's a hard thing, especially if it is something you believe passionately about, or, you know, is your baby, if you will, to, to kind of accept the failure and move on. But I, I think you could, you'll talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that will talk about how much more they have learned in failure than they've learned in success. And true. it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty unrealistic to just say everything you're ever going to go out and do and create is going to be successful. So you're, you're going to have those failures along the way. Mm -hmm. and what types of companies do you guys typically work with? And, and it sounds like you might do technology side of things and uh, also real estate as well. Talk a little bit about those different types of Yeah, companies. sure. So um, again, we're kind of a little non-traditional because we're, we want to do things that we think are, are fun and projects that are fun and people that we believe in. And so we do, you know, typical kind of early stage venture. We do more traditional private equity stuff and then we do real estate development. But I think 
when it comes to technology, it's really, we're really looking for those ideas that are, you know, can really be disruptive to kind of what's going on and really kind of accelerate, you know, in the, in the market. And, you know, ideas where there, there is a really large kind of total addressable, you know, market out there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I remember thinking a number of years ago, like all the good ideas are gone, right? You know, when kind of the initial big kind of tech wave happened and all these things happened, I was like, man, all the good ideas are gone. But it, it just, I mean, that's so much not true. And every day, you know, I see and hear about new things. I'm like, that's, that's amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously as things are changing and, and with the recent, you know, events with the, with the pandemic, we, we've seen even more how, how critical technology is, how consumer behavior can, can change or is forced to change. And there's just, there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of things out there that, that can really be improved, changed, you know, disrupted through technology. And, you know, those, those are the types of things that, that, you know, we're looking for. And we don't, you know, some, some people stay very, you know, we're only doing medical or we're only doing, you know, FinTech, we're only doing this or that. We, we don't really try and put things in a box like that. We're just, we're looking for, again, great, great entrepreneurs with, with great ideas and a great vision. And, and that can, that can be in a lot of different spaces. I love it. So, so is this uh, hardware, software, pretty well, anything that technology focused you guys would take a look at? Yeah, I think we, we do. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, software would be primary, but we're also involved in some hardware type stuff. And then even, you know, stuff that's really a hybrid of technology and, you know, logistics or operations. I mean, one, one business that we're excited about that we're involved in is, is around food delivery. And, and that's, you know, there's a very brick and mortar and logistics component to it. But the the solution is very much software driven, and so it's a great hybrid of of kind of a old world and new world you That's know cool. economy. That's great. That's great. And how about on the on the real estate side of things? You mentioned that you you get involved in some developments. Talk a little bit about you know what what that side looks like for you. Yeah. So with that, uh, really just focused here in our home market. You know, Boise is is growing a ton, and because I've uh, born and raised here and lived here my whole life, I mean, I feel like I've got a great sense for you know for the area and the market. And so we're we we look at different commercial you know, commercial real estate, as well as multifamily, you know, some of that type of stuff in the area, because we're super bullish on Boise. And then sometimes there's a way to combine, you know, kind of the buckets, because sometimes we're involved in a real estate development opportunity with one of the, you know, the tech startups where, you know, they need space or, or, you know, they need some kind of commercial building or something. And we can be involved in both sides of that, because we're, we, we believe in what they're doing, obviously, mm-hmm. we've invested in it. And, and so then we can kind of be their real estate partner as well. That's excellent. That's excellent. How do you, uh, how do you typically have people, do, do people reach out to you or do you have some type of a, uh, a process where you find these, these companies that are looking for investment? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's kind of all of the above. I mean, we'll, we'll have, you know, I'll have people that'll just reach out to me on LinkedIn, you know, and I, I'll, 
you know, I'll read what they, what they send over because you just never know. Right. And mm -hmm. I've, I've done, you know, meetings and, and calls and things just based on kind of that, that cold call. A lot of it though, is just through networking and there's, there's other people. What's interesting is I think, especially in kind of the early stage venture space, it's not always this really competitive thing of like, oh, hey, we want to hurry and get this to, to keep somebody else that also invests out. Like we would love someone else to be involved because mm -hmm. that just means more money coming in and more potential money for the next round and, and everything. So, you know, we will coordinate with other people, other investors who either family office type investors or more of a structured fund. And hey, have you met these guys yet? Have you heard of these guys? And we like to, you know, kind of coordinate, you know, with them. And that that's really helpful when we do that. No, I love it. I love it. So, so you you, you kind of touched on it very briefly. But uh, if someone wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, talk about some some investments or learn more about your companies, what would you say is the best way to uh, to accomplish that? Yeah, I mean, they can send me a message on uh, a LinkedIn or they can, our, our website's uh, capital11.com and the 11 spelled out and they can go there and contact us. And like I said, I mean, we're, you, ne you never know. I, I was just talking to someone yesterday from a family office uh, who was here. It's from a family office actually out in Florida, but they were here in Boise looking at a deal that we're involved with. And I said, how did you connect with these guys? Because this is a Boise-based company, and these guys are out in Florida. And it was the craziest story where this, uh, this guy was having a big event at his home, and the caterer of the event was in the kitchen talking to someone else about this Boise startup because wow. one of his friends is one of the co-founders of the startup. And so just this weird, even this guy clear in Florida knew about it and was talking about it. The, the, the guy uh, of the family office, the, the high net worth guy walks in the kitchen uh, to get a glass of wine, overhears the conversation, starts asking questions, and then says, can you connect me? Wow. All those guys, I'm real interested. And then they were out in Boise yesterday Love it. Uh, doing, doing due diligence. So you just never know. And, and one thing he told me, which, which I really liked is he said, you just always got to keep your ears open. He said, mm -hmm. I invested in a company once because I overheard a conversation on an airplane mm -hmm. of two people talking about something. And so, you know, we're always kind of keeping our ears open and, and networking and talking to people and, and you just, you kind of never know. And I think it's, it's a good lesson for entrepreneurs too, is you just never know, um, you know, who you're talking to or, mm -hmm or who you may get introduced to or whatever. And so you, you gotta, you gotta always kind of have that elevator pitch ready, right? Yep, you yep, never always, know. yeah, always be talking about what you're working on. So no, I love it. I love it. Travis, this is fantastic. Um, I, I'd actually, I'd love to be able to uh, maybe have you on the show again in the future sometime, maybe even bring in some of the companies that you're you involved with. That'd be, that'd be a fun conversation being able to, to talk about uh, some of the ins and outs with, uh, you know, with some of your clients even. So, but, uh, but no, this has been great. I, I really appreciate the time. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. And, uh, I think that the, your idea of this podcast is uh, super cool. So I enjoyed listening to some of the episodes and, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great, great thing that you're doing. So thank you for the opportunity to be on. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.